Hello, and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, how's it going? Uh, I don't know if you can tell by looking at me, I'm, I'm bright red. Uh, I got some sun today. Oh my gosh, Why? how did you get some sun? Uh, today, it's April 13th, is the day we're recording this. Yeah. Uh, also, the night it will go up, um, is the uh, the Thai New Year Festival here. And I, I live about two blocks from Thai Town, so oh, okay. spent pretty much the whole day walking up and down a section of Hollywood Boulevard with lots of uh, lots of booths and booths. Uh, is it booths? <laughs> you know what? Both of them make it sound kind of dumb. So um, uh, whatever. But yeah, they had some awesome stuff. I watched some Muay Thai kickboxing. Okay, that sounds kind of awesome. Yeah, it's like what's the difference between that and regular kickboxing? I have no idea. Okay, uh, but I'll tell you what's the difference between kickboxing and boxing. Uh, <laughs> it's it looks really messy. Really? Like, boxing is like guys standing there, and it's like, you know, like regular boxing is just maybe a little more uh, messy than Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Like, it's essentially, <laughs> it's, 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 it's comparatively mannered. Yeah. Whereas Muay Thai kickboxing, because they're using their legs and their knees and stuff, yeah. they're just flailing in one another's yeah, directions a lot. that's several more limbs involved. I can imagine these people are airborne frequently. Um but, uh, um, well, that sounds very exciting. But as a result, I am... Okay, it is hot today. It's a little warm. Yeah, it, it got up near 100 today, and I spent the whole day outside, and I... Like, I didn't, you know, drink to excess, but there were, they had, like, the Singha beer, beer garden, so, okay. like, I had some beers, and drinking beer in heat like that, it just... I, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that I feel drunk right now, I just... Uh, I You're just probably feel exhausted, little, I imagine. I'm exhausted, and I just feel a little... A little disconnected. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It's hot in the way that I don't. That I really don't like. Where it's still, it's even kind of hot at night, and that's no good. Yeah, like I like a nice calif. I like California heat because it's fairly dry most of the time, and it is today too. It is, yeah, but it's still not as cool out as I would like it to be. Right, because I don't have an air conditioner in my room, David. And I, I can't do I. sleep uh, in immense Which heat. is why the fans are hearing the fan. Exactly. And that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear there's a, a fan on. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy we left it on solely for that reason. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Well, I tell you, speaking of heat, you know where I was last uh, last couple days? Hades? You- <laughs> exactly. Um, no, uh, you can go home again, David. And I did. I went to my hometown of Taft, California. Right. Which I moved away from when I was almost seven. I haven't been back there in 15 years. And uh, my uh, my wife and I had business in Bakersfield, which is about a 35, 40 minute hey, drive from Taft. Had to see a man about a dog. <laughs> we had to see, exactly. <laughs> and they got a lot of dogs in Bakersfield. That's, that's a weird, it's a weird phrase. We had business in Bakersfield. Well, I don't want, I don't, you know, listeners don't need to know about my affairs. Right. So, um,. So yeah, Which is so you say, went home. You were, we went to I went to a shrink. Um, anyway, you, you you stayed at your old house. Uh, how are, how are those new people who live there? Did they did they keep your bedroom the way it was? <laughs> like I've been looking for that stuff. Exactly, this family. Wow, had box upon box of Star Wars action figures. <laughs> I was wondering what happened to those. Um, but uh, no, it was uh, now of course Taft and Bakersfield. Now where did you stay? I stayed at the Sunset Motel, which. Is Liter- that, that's not a chain? That's a No, it is not. Uh, chains are a bit more expensive than the Sunset Motel. And uh, we're, you know, we're only going to stay a night. But uh, I went and uh, I'm not exaggerating. Not that I thought this kind of thing would happen. But it's the kind of hotel that makes you think like Norman Bates. Like yeah. you just, it, it's that independently run thing where like the rooms aren't connected. It's like an, indi- the Bates Motel, the rooms were. But it's just like, it's like individual cabins and Lots of junk in between the rooms, and it was. Uh, but it turned out to be a nice time. You know, I'm a guy who, when I when I go out, when it's like you know, whether I, whether I'm traveling or just around my neighborhood, when mm-hmm. it's time to say when it's time to get something to eat, you know, mm-hmm. I will go right past any major chain and and go for something local. Oh yeah. But when it comes to hotels, I am the exact opposite. <laughs> I cannot stay in places like that. I'm terrified of them. That it has a lot to do, I think, with yeah. the. the, the gazillions of horror movies that are set in such <laughs> hotels and uh, i'm afraid of bugs uh, and it's there is that especially so I, in the desert yeah yeah i tend i tend to stay at a at a marriott or some such 
Uh, yeah, I, uh, it was an option and if, and like driving through town, you know, cause you do the, the Google maps thing, you search for a business and, uh, on Google and, uh, sunset was like the first one that came up that was within our price range. And then like, I drive right past a much nicer motel that probably would have taken us. But part of me is like, you know what? I want something that's individual to Taft. Yeah. And, uh, so I went the there. Big chains have reputations to protect. Yes, they do. A hotel like that, the only if it sucks, the only people who know it sucks aren't there. That's you know, true. they That's they've true. stayed and moved on. Yeah. So it, a, a little hotel like that could be horrible. Well, I'm here to tell you, David. Uh huh. Sunset Motel, Taft, California, really good motel, with the exception, and I'd say a notable exception, of the bed. Uh, huh. It's really nice room, very very well air conditioned, nice bathroom, nice TV, nice location, good price. Bed, not comfortable. Uh, you might as well be sleeping on a box spring. It's just... Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't they understand... They have HBO. They did have HBO. Last time I stayed at a Marriott, yeah. they had Showtime, not mm-hmm. HBO. Now, Showtime has gotten a little better than it used to be, yeah. but it's, it's not HBO. If I'm staying at a hotel, I want HBO. And you wonder, like, is it less to get Showtime? Like, why do they make I'm that sure, choice? I'm sure that Showtime is probably... Like cutting them a deal, or maybe even oh, like okay. paying them for the, you know. Okay, that's true. Just like you know, you go to a restaurant that they're going to have either Coke products or Pepsi products because they have true. like a deal with that with that okay. company. Um, but uh, anyway, so Jen was a very good sport because, as it turns out, not a lot to do in Taft, uh, population eight thousand. Um, although Taft is featured in uh, a lot of r- bad films. And, the best of uh, times. The best, most notably, the best of times, starring Robin Williams and Kurt Russell, a movie all about how awful it is to live in Taft. It kind of makes you wonder <laughs> if the city elders maybe they should have read the script because uh, I don't. Th- I think they might have been insulted. But um, but yeah, it was nice. I got to see my old house, my you know my old school, just all these places that I used to go. And uh, David, I went into, I went into a movie gallery. Okay. Okay. And, uh, that's a that's a video store chain. That's a video store chain. Yes, a gallery of movies. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it didn't. You know, it's one of those things where because I left fairly early, I had a pretty good recollection of the town. But I, you know, I, there are certain things that didn't come back to me until I until you see them. You know. Mm-hmm. So I go inside the movie gallery, and all of a sudden I get this flash, and I realize, oh, this was the old video store I used to go to. Huh. I didn't know that. Right. I thought I thought it was further across town, but no, this is it because I recognized just the layout uh-huh. of it, and uh, and this okay, this is how movie nerdy I am. The one time, okay, not I I got choked up twice while I was in Taft. Once uh, it was dad stuff, right? The other time was in that I. I literally, I had to leave, not because just like, oh, this is too much, but because like, I'm going to be crying in the middle of a movie gallery. This is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but that, basically that was it. Cause it was just like this, you know, movies are a huge, they're a huge part of my life. They're a part of who I am. And this is this, like, it's different when I go back to video update or something, which is now also a movie gallery. Right. Um, you know, where it's like, oh, this is where I educated myself on movies, you know, whereas this, this place this is where I was introduced to movies. Yeah. For the first time. I love movies ever since I was a kid. And this was the place that did it. And I just, and it was just very weird to be back there. I didn't cr- get choked up when I saw my old house or anything like that. I go to the old movie store. You, I start bawling. Uh, not bawling. I, I don't think I can do that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, st- I get choked up. And, uh, and so I told Jen that. And she was, she was very nice. She didn't laugh at me, as people probably are now. Uh, and, uh, it was just, it was an interesting experience all around. And, uh, so that was my, uh, that was my experience. Oh, and we all, and I also highly recommend the, uh, the, the oil museum in Taft, California. That sounds great. That sounds sarcastic. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. At the oil museum, I forgot to, I can't believe I forgot this. The oil derrick, the big one that lights on fire and there will be blood. Uh Uh-huh. Paul Thomas Anderson came and consulted people at the oil museum in Taft, California, uh-huh. because we have, uh, we, yeah, I haven't lived there since <laughs> I was, oh my gosh. Anyway, but, uh, they have this big wooden oil derrick and they actually had to rebuild it because the one they built there several decades ago, uh, 
was starting to rot, so they, you know, rebuilt it. Just it not it doesn't serve any purpose. It's just there as decoration. And so Paul Thomas Anderson said, "Hey, we want something that looks just like that." And they're like, "Well, we've got blueprints. Here you go." So <laughs> that was uh, so all our, everyone knows all around town. They're like, "Oh wow." They built a derrick just like ours, and then they just blew it up. <laughs> that was what the uh, nice, like, eighty-year-old woman who was giving us the tour told us. So, so she had seen the film. You know what? It sounded like she did, and that's weird. Did she give a review of it? Uh, no, she didn't. She was fascinated that they blew it up. <laughs> um, that seemed to be what she took from the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was my entry. <laughs> I just love the idea of someone being so into a thing. I know that that's all they see. That's all they see. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my uh, that was my experience. I, I remember a friend of my dad's was like he was a big gun nut, mm-hmm. and he couldn't stand the Matrix because he was like, you know, those shell casings that are falling out of the guns don't match the guns that they were shooting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, everybody's got something. Like I remember for a long time, people would uh, they'd get. And I guess it's, you know, it might be a little different with cars, but, like, people would watch, like, it's like, oh, man, I went to go see Gone in 60 Seconds. Man, that's great because of the cars. And I'm like, why don't you just go to a car show? <laughs> you know, why sit through two hours of a bad movie? It, well, but I guess they're just able to tune out the dialogue yeah. and just focus on the cars. It always fascinated me that people can do that. But at the same time, I do the same thing with certain actors. So what am I talking about? You know, I, yeah. I'll gladly watch The Sixth Day because Robert Duvall's in it. And gone in 60 seconds now that I think of it. Yeah, and you know, one of our... We talk about this... This movie comes up as an example of so many things for us. Is dirty work. <laughs> because because it's consistently funny, it doesn't matter that it's the most shoddily made film in history. <laughs> That's right. Um, oh, and uh, yet another movie nerd thing popped up. Uh, I was excited to see that the old movie theater in Taft built years ago with incredible art deco design it had shut down several years ago and i was bummed out because i was like oh man that was a great theater i was shocked to learn that it had reopened oh wow. and uh jen and i went and it looked gorgeous we didn't get to go see a movie because you know what yeah i don't want to see prom night i'll just go in look around and i get it is that it was is it just, is it just one screen uh it is three screens uh but the other two were add-ons they don't have the art deco thing the big, the big uh, theater, which I would liken to the main, the main theater at the uh, Music Box in Chicago. That big, huh? That big. Oh wow. Um, you know, maybe a little smaller, but not by much. But I mean, it has the whole. You know, it's really well decorated. It's got you know the curtains that open, the whole thing. Um, and it was one of those things where it's like it was showing Nim's Island, Prom Night, and Leatherheads. If either <sighs> of those two, if if Nim's Island or Leatherheads were playing on the big screen, I could have rationalized my way into there. Right. Prom but night, not, I'm not, all right. Yeah, not prom night. You know, I'll, I'm sure I'll be back someday. And I'll How long the drive is it? That is about two hours, hour and a half to two hours. Okay, so, so um, so you traveled back into your childhood. Oh, good God! Yes, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> so, it's did you roll your eyes? That was perfect. That was pretty good. That was. I'll give you that. That was. And pretty you had good. to ruin it. No, it was. No, it's better that we comment on it because then we don't sound corny. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so travel back. Sound, how silly is that that they think we're about to t- that like because you say that we take a forty-five minute tangent. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about time travel movies. It's like what well, we're on the subject. So, so let's uh, get into it, shall we? We're going to talk about uh, time travel movies. This was a listener suggested topic for the life of me. I don't remember who su- suggested it, but it was on the Facebook group. I'm all, that's all I'm going to say because um, I've been shilling like a bastard, like about a that. shill. Like a, there you go. So um, now, David, here's okay. I'll say this from the outset about time travel movies. Okay, in Austin Powers, I think it's Austin Powers, the, the spy who shagged me. Uh-huh. Austin, there's a scene where Austin is trying to contemplate, trying to figure out like the time parallels, and at some, and he just, and there's this long monologue, and he's like, but what if, if Dr. Evil did that, oh, I've gone cross-eyed, okay? <laughs> That's how I feel about time travel movies. That captures it perfectly, where I will try and apply logic to it that has no place with these movies. Like, I yeah. remember I went and saw Frequency with friend of the show, Jason Eakin, and afterwards... Oh, you and I have had debates You and I this. have gone back and forth about Frequency. Not about then, whether or not it's a good movie, because right, right. we both agree that it is just sort of... Nah. Yeah. <laughs> but but the time travel thing, like, 
I just kept trying to apply like this weird kind of, you know, a certain degree of logic to it. And after a while, my friends and myself, I, I just be like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's a time travel, travel movie. Shut up. Right. Although frequency is not technically time travel. That's true. That's true. They're, they're speaking to each other across time. That's right. Yes. So now, uh, that's a weird movie. It is a weird movie. Because it's such like an it's like an earnest drama, yeah. You know, but it has this supernatural element that's it's just sort of taken for granted. It's not, but I wouldn't classify it as a supernatural film. No, not really. Um, I will say this though about Frequency is that, uh, and I'm not going to mention the t- the time problem that I have with it because literally we've only got an hour. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, and I've already monopolized the conversation with uh, stories about my childhood. Um, well, it was fun though. It was nice, you know. It gets pe- you know people get to know who I am. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> yeah, like they want to know that. Um, but the thing that always bothered me about the t- the not the time travel element, but you know, the, just the time element is that you know where spoilers. It has a happy ending, um, and you know they change history, and it turns out that Jim Caviezel's father is still you know is alive. Like he died in like a tragic accident. And, uh, and it, you know, they, he tells him about what happens and he's able to avoid it. And, uh, and it turns out that, oh, he's alive now in the present. How wonderful. Uh Jim Caviezel has his father back with him and that's fine. I'm okay with that. But they also, they wanted to have their cake and eat it too, because Uh Jim, Jim Caviezel is able to appreciate the fact that his dad is alive, whereas he was dead before. And I'm like, ah, wait, that means he's been alive all these 30 years. Like, you like in this, like you've created this alternate reality where he's been alive the whole time. Why would you be aware that he might have been? been yeah, but I mean, you don't, you don't know how time travel works. I, I know I don't, and but it just it bothers me. It's like, can it be enough that he has this? Like, why does he have to be? Like, I I I know this is weird. I like the idea that. In the in like alternate reality, his dad's still alive, but they have a horrible relationship. I think right. that'd be funny. Yeah, that, that that would be a good movie. <laughs> yeah, nobody would walk walk out of the theater feeling gypped. Um, but uh, well, I, you know, we could we could go on and on talking about our problems with time travel movies. So right. let's let's do so. Okay, uh, just for a second. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is a really stupid movie to begin with. So I have no, I I, I have no place uh, having a bone to pick with it. All right, but, uh, I'm going to talk about Time Cop. Time Cop. Yeah, uh, I used to talk about this with my, with my friend Keith. Uh, he, okay. So those who don't know the plot of Time Cop, <laughs> uh, consider yourself blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, so he uh, he goes back in time, and then when he comes back to his normal time, everything is different. Yeah. And the guy, like the bad guy, is like president or something. I can't remember. I think he becomes like the president, or he's like. It's been he, a long time since he's I've a really seen important. That. It's Ron Silver. He's a really right. important like member of society, and Jean Claude Van Damme is trying to tell his coworkers like. Like, no, this isn't what is supposed to happen. This guy's evil. And all his coworkers are like, what are you talking about? It's like, these people are time cops. They, they work in this, in this industry. Are, shouldn't they be aware that this might happen? Shouldn't they, like, give him the benefit of the doubt and let him, like, uh, complete his sentence? But, you know, but stubborn Bruce McGill. Ah, oh, he's good at that, isn't he? Just being the guy yeah. who's like, hang on. I don't believe anything you say, ever. Yeah. He works for the FBI, or he's always some kind of higher up government agent. And uh, this does this isn't protocol. Um, yeah, he's a strong actor. He is a strong he, actor. He needs to be, I think, utilized better. I think because of his physicality, yeah. he gets put in those kind of of sort of, uh, I guess, not intimidating, but like. Uh, he's always got these roles of like a certain stature, you right. know, and he's just supposed to always supposed to play it the same way, you know. But if you look at like uh, his relatively small part in The Insider, he's, now, he's fantastic in that. Now that is now we've talked before about how I think there should be an Oscar for best cameo, which is basically performance under ten minutes. Uh, that opinion of mine started with Bruce McGill in The really? Insider. See, I don't he, think that kind of, I think I think the rules for cameo would be no more than one scene. And he's got okay. more than one scene. I suppose. But, like, for example, you know, you look at that movie and it's like, okay, Christopher Plummer supporting. He's in it pretty much right. the whole time, doesn't have the arc. Right. So that's supporting. But, I mean, Bruce McGill, I mean, a guy who, that part could be forgettable. 
but yeah. he makes it more than that. So I, f- I feel like under 10 minutes is the way to... Okay, that's off topic. But I agree. Yes, Bruce McGill, everybody, go watch uh, The Insider. And he's actually pretty oh, good. they've seen The Insider. Yeah. Cinderella Man, he's pretty good in that, too. Yeah. But he yeah. does play kind of that, that same type of character. Yeah. Um, Animal House. He's good in Animal House. Oh, yeah, of course. So, <laughs> anyway. I, um, I spent... Uh, weeks when I was young trying to do that thing that he does on his neck, you know, where he, <laughs> yeah. where he uh, plays the... What does he play? I don't like, remember. The, he plays like the Lone Ranger theme or something? Oh, yeah, on, yeah. On, it, on it with his, like, popping his fingers against his neck. And Is I that never... the... William Tell Overture? <laughs> it's the Lone Ranger theme. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> don't make me look stupid. I'm, so- I'm sorry. Well, yeah. When you're as uh, well-versed in classical music as I am... Um, <laughs> I know that and Flight of the Bumblebee. Beyond that, I'm done. Um, so, uh, okay, but back to uh, time travel movies. Now, there's, you know, there's actually been, there's like time, ta- time travel franchises out there. Um, I'd say most notably Terminator and, of course, Back to the Future. Yeah. And what's odd, as I was writing my list down of like all these movies I wanted to talk about, Back to the Future shows up pretty late just because for some reason I think of it as like this really really solid interesting comedy and then like oh right yes it's, about, it's in yeah. the title i'm an idiot yeah it's weird when i told uh teresa what the, to- the topic uh was gonna be she was like well there's only one time travel movie worth talking about and i and she meant back to the future but i immediately yeah. said bill and ted's excellent adventure <laughs> <laughs> see and i would have my mind would have gone to the terminator but um, again that's a movie with time travel but i don't really think of it as i mean i mean the time travel element in that, let's let's get to this because that's okay. one that never really contradicts itself. Okay, uh, and is really fascinating. I'd say the time travel element, especially in as as you know, like the first one is definitely there, but then especially as number two and number three, I mean, they just play it up more and more. Yeah. Um, but like that's one where literally, like, I, I'm just. This is you're listeners. You're going to hear all kinds of craziness come out of my mouth as I'm trying to wrap my head around these. These are movies I've seen many times, for you know, and it's not like I saw them recently. Uh-huh. So I've had time to work with this, but like this is why I have a hard time with time travel movies. Not have a hard time as in I don't like them, but just I can't get my mind around them. But like, it's like all right. So Kyle Reese, John, uh, Michael Bean, uh, goes back in time. Cause he, and he was sent there by John Connor. Uh-huh. And then he impregnates this woman with John Connor. Right. And I'm just like, there was this weird circular thing. And I'm like, well, something had to happen first. Like, and it, it implies that time is all happening at, at once. And it just, and it freaked me out. Right. But this is exactly what you're talking about. The frequency thing that they're, yeah. they're, they're sticking to that. Like they're right. saying like, they're very, this is the way it's always been. There's no other right. way it could have happened. Right. They're very, they're very consistent, and I'd say most it's it's much the same way with the third Harry Potter, uh, uh-huh. which I watch that and and that to me like they do the time travel thing so well because you don't even realize what it is they're doing until the last act of the film, and right. uh, and it's done so cleverly and it does that circular thing really well, and uh, yeah, to me I'm just like man, now that's a time like afterwards I'm like. Now that's a time travel movie, even though, you know, it has a lot of the same principles as Frequency, but uh, somehow that that's the one that really stuck in my mind. But uh, the Terminator movies, yeah, they create these rules and they basically, they do stick to them, I'd say. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, <sighs> my, my brain has been boiled by the sun. I'm sorry. Uh, that's one of the values of uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure as well. All right. Because they never, they never contradict themselves, right? You know. Uh, they, now it's been a long time since I've seen it, but so like I, I to... just love the idea of like I think it's like uh, they're in jail, but they want to get out. Right. So they say, "Listen, when we get out, we got to go back. We got to steal my dad's keys to the jail. Go back in time and plant them somewhere where we can find them. Mm-hmm. And then they go, we'll, we'll put them over here. And then they look, and they're there." it's it's that kind of stuff yeah it's really fascinating to me yeah that's really time travel like i'd say more than than any other genre or i guess you'd say that's a sub sub genre of uh, sci-fi 
more than any other genre, I'm mu- I'm much more inclined to just be like, oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just because the, the just the concepts can be so uh, so interesting. Um, but then there are some some gaps in logic. Okay. Uh, you know, like uh, in, in that, like, why wasn't why didn't Socrates go back and talk about? You know, that would have changed like all of history if yeah. if Socrates or Beethoven went, <laughs> went back and and, and and started gabbing about, about, um, <laughs> about water slides and, and bowling alleys. Um, yeah, and I always wondered. I remember I wondered this at the time, and that was it was a long time ago because I saw it in the in the theater. I remember I was like, "Well, wait a minute, what's going to happen to Napoleon's army? He's gone for he's been gone probably a while now." But they can probably take him back to right where he was. Oh, that's true. That's true. So as far as as far as his army knows, like he just went in to use the bathroom and he's right back. Right. Okay. All right. That's well done. In in literally half a sentence, you managed to completely <laughs> uh, shatter my uh, lifelong problem with that film. Well, why would you think that? Obviously, they can go back to where. It- I don't know. Probably because, honestly, because I may have seen it once since I saw it in the theater uh-huh. and. Uh, it wasn't when I was uh, an intelligent adult, and ever since, and I haven't gone back to think about it until now. So that's my theory. Um, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tease a little something right now. Okay. Next week, I will definitely be talking about Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Okay. So, you will have to remind is. me what next week is because <laughs> okay. I don't remember. <laughs> um, now, uh, yeah. Okay. So. As I was, uh, you know, researching this and making my list, uh, there's a movie, or rather a miniseries, called The Langoliers. It was a, a novella first. Novella, yes. And then and then a, a miniseries that uh, is only so-so. But its yeah. theories on, on time travel were fascinating to me. Like, I remember it just it blew my mind when I saw it, which was admittedly, my mind was probably more easily blown back then but uh but to this day it's really the only it's the only movie that actually that deals with time travel that suggests that you can't do anything to change the past the past is over and it does not exist yeah like these people they go back in time and you know those who haven't seen it's probably on dvd i imagine it would be right uh i don't know okay you you could read you could read the novella which is much better right yes yes (laughs) Um, and as is so much as is so often the case with uh, Stephen King, uh, somehow his lines make sense when you read them, but when you hear someone say them, you're like, "What? Yeah, that's ridiculous." Except for as we talked about the brilliance of Stephen <laughs> Weber saying, "You bet your you dog bet whistle." Your dog whistle. Um, <laughs> but uh, and that may only make sense because his character is drunk at the time. Um, <laughs> but the uh, yeah, basically this uh, this airplane hits you know goes through like a, a rip in time and they go back in time and they realize that it may only actually be like 15 minutes but what's more is there's no people walking around you know yeah. everything everything seems dead you know there's no people but there's no bodies either yeah you know and like for example beer and soda are flat yeah sandwiches taste spoiled but in point of fact, they're just tasteless. They just don't have, you know, everything that is that is very much in the present, like and can be affect and can be experienced with your, you know, through your senses. All of that doesn't exist anymore. You know, like there's no such thing as an echo anymore. Like everything that gives the present kind of a sense of vibrance uh-huh. uh, is absent. It's just a very gr- they're just in this very gray area, and that's when they realize that they're in the past. And that the past is over. You can't go back and stop an assassination. You know, you can't go back and meet historical figures. It is done, you know. And then it gets eaten up by these creatures, and that's neither here nor there. Right. Those, then they're called the Langoliers for some reason. And yeah, it is fascinating. But, uh, again, if you, you know, if you uh, scratch the surface of any time travel, you're going to find problems. Well, yeah. And to me, it's like, why do the people move on from this? But, uh, wh- like, what what's the rules? Like... There are obviously no people or animals. Yeah. Uh, but other organic things like trees and grass, they didn't, you know. That's true. Then those are things that change over time, but they're still there. You know, even then there's organic elements to the beer. Like why? Yeah. 
why does something stay in 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 the in this moment and other things don't? Yeah, I think the theory is that it's th- you know anything that is alive. But then, as you said, you know these these things are alive as well. Yeah. You know, or maybe you know it's alive and have the capability of motion. But then it's like, well, what about coma victims? But I guess they don't go into a hospital uh, hospital or anything. But <laughs> that's, maybe but yeah, it has to do with 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 sentience. Okay, possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like people right. who have the ability to experience the present and experience right. time. Right, animals and, would it would have that too. Right, right. Uh, well, I'm glad we solved that. So, hey, you know, sorry. This, <laughs> no, I, I am. This is probably going to sound very nerdy uh, to people listening, but I, there's one listener who's really excited. And even he's probably like, oh, who, who, who are you talking to? You're always talking to one listener. Is it always the same guy? No, it's a different guy this time. Okay. This is the guy who suggested the topic. Okay. No, oh, right, right. The other guy I'm talking about is usually Jason Eakin, and he's probably uh, hitting his head against a wall right now. <laughs> but we should say, I mean, you're apologizing for being nerdy, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably kind of a nerd. That's true. This episode especially is pretty nerdy, I'd say. Yeah. I so like we're going to disappoint some of the bigger nerds. <laughs> exactly. We're not nerdy enough. Well, they need to feel superior to somebody. Um, and we're not going to talk about Doctor Who because neither of us watch it. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, in fact, there's there's uh, three. I wrote down three TV shows. Now, Futurama is not a time travel TV show, but it features some really interesting uh, time travel elements. Basically, Fry goes back in time and accidentally kills his grandfather, and is like, "Oh my gosh, what do I do?" But then he has sex with his grandmother. <laughs> and impregnates her with his father, and it's like it's, it's very it's very funny and really creepy, but uh, you know, um, made me ch- you know it's kind of a Terminator esque uh, type thing. Yeah. But you know, Quantum Leap is another one where he goes back in time, though not as himself. Yeah. Um, and uh, final episode of Quantum Leap uh, features a very strong performance by Bruce McGill. Really? Um, Have you yeah. watched all of Quantum Leap? Or you? Um, I watched the eight. I watched it here and there, uh-huh. uh, and then I watched the last episode. Okay. So, um, and yeah, Bruce McGill plays, for all intents and purposes, God. Huh. The guy who makes the decisions of where he leaps. So interesting stuff. Uh, and then on the, I haven't watched a single episode, but I recently discovered. I don't know why I said discovered. Somebody told me about something I already knew about but never bothered to go to, and then I did bother because I was bored. Okay. Hulu.com. Uh, Hulu.com. Okay. And uh, on the Paul Goebel show, they talk about Journeyman a uh, lot, yeah. and they say that it's absolutely amazing, um, and it's basically this guy who lives his life. It's not like Quantum Leap where he just keeps going from one past to another to another to another. Basically, this guy will go back in time, and he doesn't know why. And then he'll come back to his present, and he has to, like, explain to his family, like, hey, I may disappear every once in a while, because I'm going back in time, you know? Yeah. And, um, and apparently, so apparently that's very good, but I've, I've yet to sing, uh, see a single episode. I like Kevin McKidd. Yeah. But, uh, now, there was a, a BBC show called Life on Mars hmm. that was uh, about um, uh, a cop who... I think got in a car accident or something and suddenly found himself in the 1970s hmm. and he was, but he was like supposed to be there in a way like he was, st- he was a cop. Okay. He was like himself and he had the same job in the same part of town and everything, but he was fully aware that he was supposed to be in the year 2004 or whenever it aired. Wow. And I only got to watch a few episodes on, uh, uh, on, on BBC America, but it was really, really cool. Was it? It sounds like it could have been a comedy or a drama. What was it? Uh... it? It was. It was dramatic. There were some. There were some funny parts. Like a lot, a lot of the jokes came from this sort of uh, his sort of modern, progressive, somewhat liberal way yeah. of dealing with criminals, and then the super hard ass, yeah. you know, bad cop detectives that he was okay. paired up with in the nineteen seventies. But that, that was, it was a really awesome. cool show because they were I, like like. Uh, like I said, I didn't finish it, but there were there were hints that uh, there were there were hints that he was really back in time, and there were also hints that he was in like a coma, and this was a dream. Hmm. You know, he was in like a dream state. I was going to say that uh, yeah, it sounds like it could you could also make the argument that it's a movie all about a man's insanity. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, that sounds interesting. I hope that's available on DVD because uh, I think I might. Uh, Netflix it or something, and I, well, I had heard. I remember reading uh, there were 
plans for an American version of it. And when I first read about Journeyman, I was like, "Oh, this must be the Life on Mars thing," oh. but it's it's clearly okay, clearly not. Um, let's see. Now the, the 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 show is called Life on Mars because he's listening to that song by David Bowie when he's in the car accident. Yeah, uh, on a CD, you know. Oh, okay, and then. When he comes to in the 1970s, that song is playing on the radio. Yeah, because it's probably new or, you know. Yeah, and there's like, no Look CDs. At this. Well, yes, there certainly is no <laughs> CDs, yes. That goes without saying. Thank you, David. <laughs> I hate you. Um, now, uh, one thing that I wanted to mention is that, you know, I just now I mentioned Bruce McGill in Quantum Leap, and now he plays kind of a God-type character. God, or rather spirituality, often plays a, a part in some of these movies the idea not maybe not even maybe spirituality isn't even the right word but just some kind of metaphysical element um because there's often the idea of fate and the idea of you know intervening in like you know in the case of like journeyman or quantum leap like well who's the one deciding where i go right you know um who's the one that decides what needs to be changed but like in the case of for example now this is not that good of a movie but you and I went to see it in the theater we liked it a lot the time machine with guy pierce um, yeah it was it was enjoyable uh, it it kind of went off the rails i think yeah. it got a little silly i like orlando jones in that movie i know you do <laughs> um and yeah he's 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 good and and of course the the sequences where he is time traveling are fascinating i mean they're visually uh, oh, gorgeous! Yeah, yeah that's. Um, Can I, have I told my uh, Orlando Jones celebrity sighting on the show? I, I think I told I, you. You but, told me, but I don't think you told uh, uh, the listener. When I was temping, um, I had a job. I was working, uh, just working the front desk at this building that did, among other things, they had like ADR studios. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> this guy, I'm assuming I couldn't see all of the parking lot from the desk. I'm assuming he came off. A motorcycle. Okay. But he walks in wearing all black. Okay. All black leather. All right. Including black gloves, and he still has his helmet on. He looks like some sort of robot. <laughs> I can't see any. It's just like this super cool looking, sleek, shiny, black, you know, future man. Just comes <laughs> like strolling in, you know, and then takes off his helmet, and it's Orlando Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that's awesome because you go from from one moment just like this guy's going to kill me <laughs> if I don't tell him where somebody else is <laughs> to all of a sudden like hey it's the guy the old 7 up guy. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um <laughs> He was there to do ADR for what was that terrible alligator killer alligator movie? Primeval. Primeval, yeah. Which I want to see because I love stories about uh and Jaws kicked this off and uh I like stories about uh, killer-eating animals. Like, I still think that the trailer for that movie is a total cheat, though. Because they talk yeah. about, like, the most the most deadly serial killer yeah. in his, because it's an animal that's killed more right. people or whatever. But uh, that's not what a serial killer is. Right. They're, well, it's got the same M.O., you know, in that he eats people. Yeah, but there's he, no... I mean, he's... It, it doesn't. You can't. You can't like do a psychological profile right. uh, of of this thing. There's no. There's no like. There's well, you not could really it'd just be very easy, right? <laughs> there's not premeditation, <laughs> right. or you know, it's not. It's not a ritual, yeah, for him the way it is for for other serial killers, or so I'm told from watching TV and movies. I don't yeah. know any serial killers, and I've never really read anything about them. I don't know any that I know of. I did have several quiet neighbors. Um, Those are the ones you got to watch out. Apparently for. so. Um, which is why I make I, as much noise as possible yeah. when I'm killing people. Every time I hear my uh, my next door neighbor, you know, pounding on something or occasionally throwing up in the bathroom, I think, <laughs> well, that guy is crazy, but <laughs> at least he's not a serial killer. Exactly. Literally, I guess this guy who lives next to me, I I guess he's in a band. Okay. And he's got he's just I think living the rock and roll lifestyle. All right. Because the way that our apartments are set up, I mean I've never been in his apartment, but I can tell that his bathroom shares a wall with our bathroom. Okay. So I'll like be up late watching movies or whatever, you know, doing something square, yeah. and I'll go into the bathroom and I'll just hear him just puking his brains out. <laughs> and as we all know from you, David, you must be just be like, oh man. Ah uh, yeah. Oh, I wish I could see this. <laughs> Um, 
What if your What if your neighbor is a listener? Come on. He's not. Okay. Um, Wouldn't that be awesome if he was? I didn't really say anything bad about him. I guess that's true. Yeah, because he could just be like, damn right I'm living the rock and roll lifestyle. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. (laughs) I thought I was just getting drunk a lot Um, (laughs) and banging on stuff. Um, (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. We went, speaking of going off the rails. Uh, Well, then there's another person who who shares another... Actually, a ceiling. Uh, you know, the person who lives above me. I don't know why I was trying to be fancy with that. Uh, yeah, I, I swear. You, okay. She must buy and assemble something from IKEA like three times a week because she <laughs> sounds like she's always putting shit together. Yeah, uh, I, I don't even. I don't. Nec- I, I mean this jokingly, but not. But I'm not exaggerating when I say the people above me. It's literally like they're trying to learn how to juggle bowling balls. They're just <laughs> every other. Like every fifteen minutes, there's something. I'm like, good God! It's like, if not that, it's like Ernest P. Worrell lives above me, and he's just always <laughs> knocking over something. Um, but uh, all right, we should get back to on topic. Absolutely. Um, uh, there's a movie that I feel like I should have watched in preparation for this. Okay. Uh, Primer. Yeah, and I, didn't, I haven't seen it's it. It's supposed either. to be fucking fantastic, according yeah. to everyone, including yeah. my girlfriend. She's a big fan, uh, and I just haven't had the time. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> Um, once they invent a time machine, I'll go back and I'll, oh, I'll catch it in the theater. Out. Well, you can. Oh, okay, catch in the theater. Yes, yeah. yes. You know um, that you could watch it on video now. Yeah, it's you know, and it's even Sundance on Demand has it all the time. I, I don't even have to pay for it. I could watch it, and I just never get around to it. Well, you know, some movies are like that. Yeah. Um. And it's funny. We think of time travel movies as generally being big budget affairs. Mm-hmm. There's always special effects involved yeah. in time travel. And I haven't seen Primer, but I want to mention an even lower... Pri- I don't know what Primer was made for. It was actually, it was supposed to be made super cheap, right? Isn't that the, uh, the whole backstory? So, yeah. so maybe not an even lower budget, but a super low budget movie called The Sticky Fingers of Time. Okay. Uh, which um, I saw when I was in high school. It screened at the auditorium at Webster University. Oh. Uh, and that is, a like I said, ridiculously low budget movie, and it's time travel, and they... It's it's it seems bizarre. There's no reason for them for any time travel movie really to have big flashy effects. Yeah. But it's shocking in this movie that it's just like a scene starts and it's a different time and they don't really do anything different. That's cool. They don't like do some of it in black and white and some of it in color. The movie's all in black and white actually. Yeah. Uh, it's just oh, which okay. is even more confusing. That's great. Yeah. There, there, there's no like process of the guy traveling through time. It's just like oh, in this scene he's in 1930. Wow. <laughs> That actually sounds kind of cool. I mean, I'm sure some of it was, you know, uh, a practical Born choice. Of necessity, yeah. But at the same time, I like the idea that, like, rather than it just be this, well, this crazy process that's just like, ah, <laughs> just, you know, I mean, is it about the man gradually going insane? Because it could be. They could uh, factor that you know, in. No, I don't even really remember that. Okay. Um, you know, it occurred to me that we got so. Uh, we got so locked into Orlando Jones, uh-huh. and how could you not, that uh, I forgot to actually bring up why, talk about why I brought up uh, the time machine. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, and it's actually, it comes up fairly early uh, in the film, is uh, the idea that he cr- he creates a time machine so that he can go back in time and save his wife from death. Uh-huh. And then, ba- so he does that, but then basically she dies again, a different way. Uh-huh. So then he goes back and saves her from that, and she dies again. And the implication... You know, it kind of has that. That almost has kind of a. It almost turns comical, and I don't think it's supposed to. But you know, it has kind of a final destination feel to it. But more importantly, it's the idea that that she's supposed to die. That there is right. such a thing as fate. That it's not just a random thing. Well, as Fiona LaFlanagan told us in that episode of Lost in season three, <laughs> the universe has a way of course correcting. That's right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's. There's another one. I, I do like uh, what they I do like what they do with uh, speaking of Lost. I like what they do with Desmond's time travel. Now I haven't gotten to yeah. You haven't even seen yeah. I've been trying to, not to talk about Lost this whole show because you haven't caught up enough. Right. You're, you're a few episodes behind me on season four. But as far as season three goes, uh-huh. okay. Now, like the implication is that like he goes undergoes this crazy uh, you know thing. Like a, there's a big explosion and he just. And it's like he goes back in time and, like, sort of... And it's like he's remembering things, you know? It's uh-huh. like he's lived through all this, and that's why he knows what's going to happen. 
Yeah. Because it's ju- it's just a life experience, you know. And I, I I found that to be an interesting, you know, take. It's not necess- I guess it kind of is time travel, but the idea that it's not jumping back and forth. It's you go back and you're just living it all over again. So I like I like what they did with that. Um yeah. Someday we're going to have a whole episode on Lost, probably in a few years. Are we still going to be doing this show in a few I years? don't know. Now that I the minute I said that I wasn't sure if uh, if we'd still be doing this. Why not? Um, but, uh, but I do like, you know, um, there's, uh, David, did you ever see, uh, now I didn't see it's, uh, it's sequel. So I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm not qualified to talk about this cause it, you know, but, uh, did you ever see the butterfly effect? Yes. Okay. I also did not see the sequel. Okay. I was being facetious there. It's a straight <laughs> to video sequel with none of the same actors, but, um, I didn't hate that movie. Which is weird, because I fully, like, my friends and I rented two movies. We rented that oh, and The yeah. Human Stain. We expected to like Human Stain, and we expect it's like, okay, here's a, we get a movie we like, we get a movie we'll hate. We wound up liking Butterfly Effect, to, not liking it, but not hating it as much as, yeah, you Yeah, know. it's, not, it's not awful. And then Human Stain, we laughed our asses off the whole time. Uh, yeah, that's, that's because ridiculous. Because it's just a silly, melodramatic film. But, um, but yeah, Butterfly Effect, like, it's just... You know, it it winds up being kind of a longer version of that uh, Simpsons uh, Treehouse of Horror thing, yeah. where Homer just keeps going back in time and making things worse every time he does. Um, but uh, I I do like you know the idea that uh, I don't know I I feel like if it wasn't Ashton Kutcher and if it wasn't done maybe so over the top I feel like it could have been considered like a much more serious sci-fi film you know yeah. like with but everyone's just like what <laughs> Ashton Kutcher is about to blow a guy in prison That's yeah, kind of, that, yeah his his personality is too big yeah and he's not a good enough actor right to, to yeah to pull off what that movie needed to be but uh, there are scenes without Ashton Kutcher in it I'm yeah. thinking specifically of one with Eric Stoltz Oh, it was just a fucking awesome scene. Just yeah. like take that out of the movie. That's a great little. Oh scene. yeah. But just the idea of like that everything ha- like if you go back, everything has uh, a consequence of some kind. Now, of course, in the case of Butterfly Effect, everything has the most excre- extreme consequence <laughs> yeah. you can think of. But um, but it is interesting. Just the idea that like that so many people. For example, okay, I'm silly, so I often th- not often that sound that's extreme, but I I will sometimes think like, oh man, if I had a time machine, what would I, you know, if I could go back in time, what would I do, you know? And I have thoughts, quite frankly, of like, I would go back to April eighteenth of two thousand two, at about two o'clock in the afternoon, and just and like, you know, so that when my dad starts you know when he has a heart attack which is what my dad died of i would be there to actually call you know the paramedics and maybe save his life but frankly you know uh he like i often say that his death kind of that caused me perhaps to ask out jen earlier than i would have and just and who knows what would have happened like if i like i think like if i go back and change that then I might not have been so sad and vulnerable and eager for human, you know, uh, companionship. Right. And I might not be happily married as I am now. And I know that sounds weird that I thought of all that, but, like, movies like Butterfly Effect, as silly as they are, they do make you think like that. That maybe, that like, in life, you know, a lot of shit happens, but there's a lot of good stuff that happens, too. And if we go back and change the shit, maybe the, you know, maybe things could turn out even worse or you know who knows it really the like simply because the movie got me thinking about that i can't discount it as silly and yeah crazy as it is uh it did it did get me thinking in those terms and so so yeah the butterfly effect is is one that i definitely wanted to mention today yeah i mean i think you've uh you've wrapped up um, some of the the themes that are that often come up in in, in time travel about about changing things and and that, uh, you know, it's, you talk about spirituality before. There's sometimes the idea that things happen for a reason. Right, right. You know, 
so uh, that might be a good note to, to rev up on then. Okay, fine. Um, I don't know why I said fine. I'm done with my list. It's oh, just good. like, oh, fine, yes. I suppose I had several more pages of movies, but uh, no, that's <laughs> fine. You want to you wanna wrap it up. Um, but uh, yeah, so of course, as always, listeners, if you have any, uh, you know, we... It's it's fun to to get emails from listeners who are, you can tell oh they're catching up because they they feel they need to let us know that ginger we missed ginger snaps uh, in episode I, I already uh, kind of wrote back to that guy and, oh, okay. and tore him a new one so let's not do it on the <laughs> oh no well no I, I I can't make fun of them that doesn't you know because they're catching up that's fine um, but I, I like you can always tell where somebody is because they'll send you something that's like. That was 24 episodes ago. <laughs> maybe that's not in the forefront of my brain, and maybe other people said it, uh, which they did in the case of Ginger Snaps, and don't worry, everybody, we'll get there. Um, no, but, but that guy's a nice guy, and he should keep listening. Absolutely, I feel like yes. we, uh, we, don't, we don't have enough listeners to, to be alienating any of them yet. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of Little Caesars, where uh, no matter what crap uh, the customer would uh, heap on us, uh, the owner of the store kept saying, it's like, no, you got to be nice. you got to give them anything <laughs> they want, because we're only making 300 bucks a day. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, uh, but... If there, are, you know, if there are any movies that uh, you felt like we forget or, or forgotten, or, or anything you wanna you wanna add to the discussion, you can email us at battleshippretension at hotmail dot com, or you can always talk about it uh, with us and other listeners on uh, the Facebook page. So, um, and I, I think you can just go to Facebook and and you do have to be, you know, to comment and stuff. You do have to be a member on Facebook, uh-huh. um, and I think you just type in battleship pretension and our group will pop up. So. Okay. So that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for talking, David. <laughs> no problem, Tyler. Thanks for listening to me talk. <laughs> no problem. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.